Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 166 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. Totally thrilled that you're here. Today, we are talking to the charming Nancy Richardson Fisher, and she is going to share with us literally the best tip for ensuring scene flow. I'd never heard this tip. It's brand new to me. Got me really excited. I bet it's going to get you excited. So stay tuned for that fabulous interview with her. So what's going on around here? Um, Well, last week, uh, there was no interview portion of the show because I was away at a silent meditation retreat. It's my second. I went to the first one last year and it was wonderful. It was so good that I mourn that I'm not there now. I mourn that I'm not in silence, eating gorgeous meals that are prepared for me and just waiting when I go to the dining room. Um, it It's just wonderful. It is literally the best. It's also kind of stressful. I admitted over uh, on the writer's well with Jay. I think that podcast might not go out till next week. So I can admit it to you here first that I did try to sneak in a Kindle. I mean, I did sneak in a Kindle. It's not like they have security dogs coming for your electronic devices. Thank God. Um, I, I turned in my phone, no problem, but I kept my Kindle and I know that you're not supposed to have books or reading material, but I thought to myself, I'm reading Pema Chodron. I am reading about meditation stuff. And the first night I read and it felt really good to get out of my brain because I was already in inside myself doing meditation. We'd already had several hours of this and I went back to bed and read. And the next day they had another time that you could renounce your devices or your books. And they made me realize that I was paying a lot of money to be there for a meditation retreat at which... I didn't want to be paying attention to anything but what was happening in the present to my body and brain. And reading was keeping me from that. Reading is always probably in my top three options of things to do, including like all things. Uh, So I'm never going to give that up, obviously. But at that retreat, I needed to. So I went and I turned it in. And then I was alone with my brain. And it was painful and fun and really elating and dispiriting and disquieting and fabulous and all of those things. So I loved it. I'm back. I'm going to do another one next year, maybe for seven days instead of this was like four and a half days. So back from that, I just finished writing uh, this month's Patreon, which will go out soon, I guess when this airs, when this airs, it'll probably be out already. Um, (laughs) And it's really about the beautiful way that you have to corral your thoughts and your desires and your body not to fart at a yoga meditation retreat because dude they are feeding you brussels sprouts squash beans apricots dried prunes like their food is tremendous but they're like haha watch these sons of bitches try not to fart while they're meditating and doing yoga in a dead silent room filled with a hundred people where the whisper of a fart sounds like a klaxon. Um, I managed it, dear listener. I managed not 
to fart <laughs> in, in the big room. And uh, although many, many didn't. And my essay actually uses that as a beautiful metaphor. I had a really good time writing it. So that's what I was doing today and yesterday. Um, coming up, what's going on? I am headed to Austin on Saturday to the Story Shop Summit, to which I was invited. Very excited to speak there. I'm speaking on revision and I've never been to Austin. So um, that's going to be fun. Back on yet another plane. It's been a very, very busy travel month. And in other exciting news, I am speaking this year at the Career Author Summit in Nashville, which is going to be wonderful. That's with my um, partner in crime, Jay Thorne and Zach Bahannon. And it's going to be wonderful. So if you're interested in it, I think they're sold out, but they might have a waiting list. They probably do have a waiting list and it's going to be a good time. It's in May and there's some amazing speakers there. Uh, so I'm doing that. I don't know if it's official, but I'll tell you anyway, because really, who is this going to leak out to? Um, I got invited to do Nink in Florida in whatever Nink is. I, I want to say September, but I can't actually remember. Um, and that was exciting enough. That was last week. That was like mind-blowingly awesome. I'm going to be speaking with like Oh, I think it is announced um, because Becca had seen it with Becca Syme and um, oh my gosh, who's the other? I'm forgetting and I'm not going to come up with these names right now. Mark Dawson, um, Sky Warren, can't remember the other person right now. So that was already mind blowing. And then two days ago, I was not feeling well. I think I was fighting a headache. I was lying in bed. It was like six o'clock at night and we needed to go out and see my dad who was in town for dinner. And I'm scrolling idly through email, which I was wildly behind in. And I got an email. It was like the dream email, y'all. Inviting me to be a keynote speaker at Romance Writers of New Zealand for their national conference this year. I'm going to be a speaker there. They are buying my plane ticket and buying, buying my hotel rooms and they're bringing me to New Zealand, which is no easy feat. It is so expensive to get there. I am a citizen of both countries, New Zealand and the United States, but I rarely get to back to my other country because it is so dang expensive to get there. And I'm very excited that I'll be able to use my own New Zealand passport to get in because I've had citizenship, but getting a passport has been this whole pain in the arse. So um, that'll be so fun. And I'm just, I'm really, really giddy about it. Um, my wife, Lala, will be able to go and we're just going to do a little quick vacation trip down, down there. So um very excited. That'll be right around the time that the paperback of Stolen Things is coming out too, which has an incredible cover and is available for pre-order right now. BT dubs. Uh, so I don't know, maybe I'll be able to do some kind of signing or push for that while I'm there at the bookstore or something. Um, so I'm pretty over the moon. <laughs> That's an email. I, I, I literally hurled my body out of the bed and ran to the keyboard to accept before they retracted the offer because I really, really want to do it. And I'm very excited. So I'm really grateful and happy that I'm here, that I get to do this that I get to tell you about it, that you're part of my community, and that we hang out together in this way on your car stereo or in your in your headphones is really intimate. Um, and to you, I'll ASMR whisper, thank you. Okay, that felt weird. I'm never going to do that again. No, no, no. Sorry about that. I find ASMR, which I do not react to, 
Very interesting. There might be a book in me about that at some point. Anyway, um, two business items of note. I would love to thank new patrons, Portia Carrier and Maggie, darling Maggie M, who upped her pledge to the point where she is a person who can ask me questions for those mini episodes. That's the $5 level. Um, thanks to new patron Brianna Morgan and Tiffany. Thanks you all. It really means everything to me. And it lets me, (laughs) oh, you may want to cancel your pledge now. It lets me write essays about farting and not farting in meditation, silent retreat. Uh, so (laughs) you all who are new to the Patreon, enjoy the essay. Uh, now we're going to jump into the interview with Nancy. Please enjoy it. And we will talk soon, my friends. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my stop stalling and write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show, Nancy Richardson Fisher. Hello, Nancy. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you. Let me give you a little bit of a bio here. Nancy Richardson Fisher is the author of two YA novels, When Elephants Fly and The Speed of Falling Objects, which by the time this airs will be out at all vendors. She's also written multiple sport autobiographies and Star Wars books for Lucasfilm. She lives in the Pacific Northwest with her husband, Henry, and their Vishla Boone, which is a great name for a dog. Congratulations on the release of The Speed of Falling Objects. I was just reading what it's about and it's going right onto my Kindle to be read pile. Um, I'll have you talk about a little bit about what it's about later. Um, But to start off, it seems like you've been writing for a long time and you've done a lot of different things, but I would love to know how now that you're writing um, fiction like this, how has your process evolved? What is what does your process look like? Well, before, you know, I was writing someone else's story. So when I wrote Sport Autobiographies, they were someone else's story. When I worked for Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus, which was my first job, I was writing the stories of clowns or tightrope walkers or trapeze artists. Um, when I wrote for the University of California, San Francisco, I was writing grant, grant so there was no creativity really there. Um, so my process has changed because now it's it's my story. It's all up to me, and I can just allow myself to go down the rabbit hole, ask what if over and over again, um, hit dead ends, find my way back, um, and ultimately create a story that just comes from my imagination. You might not be able to answer this, but do you think it's more or less difficult to do it just out of your imagination? Uh, It may be more difficult, but it's way more fulfilling. Really? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If it's a great story, it's up to me. If it's, you know, not a great story, maybe that was because the athletes that I interviewed wouldn't tell me anything good. Um, Good point. Or they, or they were so young that they didn't have a really great story to tell yet. So now, you know, it's, it's up to me and I love that. That's so awesome. When do you get your writing done? What kind of writer are you? You're a morning. Um, in terms of like what time of day, mm-hmm. I'm a morning girl. So I would, I usually get up maybe five, five thirty, have a quick breakfast, write for four hours. Then I have 
a V-schlock and they are need a ton of exercise. And even though he's 11, he needs a ton of exercise. If people are thinking about getting a V-schlock, you have to be a V-schlock. You have to be someone who <laughs> just doesn't want to stop moving, which is me. So then I exercise Boone and my husband. Usually we, we all exercise together. Um, we go for a mountain bike ride or we take our dog swimming. And then I come back in the afternoon and I edit whatever I've done. And usually in the evening, I'll send it to my Kindle and I'll read it on my Kindle just to see it a different way and then, you know, go to sleep and repeat. I love sending things to my Kindle, although I don't usually do it until the book is done. And then I send it to my Kindle and I spend a whole day in bed reading it, right. doing it that way. Right. That's, that's super fun. And are you a plotter? Reading it aloud too. Sometimes. Yeah, that works really well, although I, I get yeah. bored. <laughs> I shouldn't get bored. Are you a plotter or a pantser? Uh, I am a plotter in the sense I know the beginning and the end. I'm a pantser in the middle, and I try and create a character who is dimensional enough that that character will then lead me along mm. and surprise me along the way. Um, but I don't plot everything out in the middle. Middles are kind of the hardest to me, um, really. It's where you create all your arcs. So um, I just kind of go by feel and see where I'm led. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Keeping my butt in the chair. <laughs> well, you it's, did say that you're yes, a mover. I'm a mover. Um, I think also it's kind of lonely. Like I do something like this and I find myself really excited because I'm actually getting to talk to another person. Um, it's lonely. It's lonely when you're writing. It's lonely when you're, you know, if people don't have an agent yet, I can totally relate to how lonely that process is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's lonely when your book goes out on sub because your agent's with you, but really, you know, it's you. It's, 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 it's you going out on sub. It's very personal. And it's lonely as you're waiting for your pub date because you're just hoping that somebody notices because you know, there's so many books out there. How do you stand out? Yeah. Yeah. So how are you handling that right now? Because as we talk, your book release is coming up in about a week. How how are you feeling emotionally? I'd love to hear that. Actually, you know, so I've only published two young adult books. And I find each one I'm a little depressed before it comes out. I don't know why that is. Interesting. Um, but I feel a little, like, down because I'm probably because I'm scared that no one's going to read it or like it or um, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um I'm keeping myself super busy doing a lot of, you know, Twitter and Instagram and doing different podcasts. So that's a good thing. But always right before, I'm the same way about birthdays or things like that. I'm always glass half empty right before. I'm, I'm more glass half empty right after. Ah, that's yeah. what, that's when I get the, like the, the book birthday blues or like the letdown. That's where my, emotions start to sink right there. And I completely understand that. I yeah. think right after I start writing another book or I start editing another yes. book because it's, crucial. it's the only way I can be sane while I wait to see if people are going to be mean or nice and write reviews or not write reviews. It's absolutely crucial. Yeah. I have finally yeah. gotten to the point in my career where I am not reading reviews on Amazon or any or Goodreads or anything like that. It's, oh, how do you do that? How do I you do think it? it just takes time because I seriously heard an author say this when I was in maybe my first year of writing. And I remember looking at her and thinking, you must be lying. Like that is impossible. Right. You must be lying. And I'm finally there that I just, 
I just don't care anymore. I do, I do admit that I care about the star number. Like I'm, I look at the star right. number and I see how many reviews are there and I look at the trade reviews. But otherwise, okay. I just, I just don't believe any of them. I think I'm to that point. Uh, so that's where I want to be right now. Good. My husband was just saying, you have got to get to the point where your mood is not decided by whether someone didn't like one of your characters or didn't agree with the end of your book. But you're writing, I mean, you're writing a story for yourself because you have something to say, right? Mm -hmm. You're also writing a story for other people because you have something to say and you're hoping that it's interpreted in the right way. And there's no way to reach through the screen and say, hang on. You really didn't mean to give me three stars. You don't understand that that like my main character is a tool that helps my character on her journey. You don't have to love him or, you know, exactly. So it, oh, it's maddening sometimes. Okay. That's my wish for you then that, that yeah. it will just be like, you don't care. You don't care. Good or bad. Oh right. yeah. Okay. So what is your biggest um, joy when it comes to writing? I think when I lose myself in a story, mm-hmm. I have this weird thing where when I'm writing and I'm really lost, the keyboard feels like it tilts a little. I know that sounds bizarre, but it, I actually, my whole world feels like it's tilted a little. And all of a sudden it's the end of the day and I'm so excited and I go to bed thinking about it and I wake up thinking about it and I have a new idea and I'm scribbling everywhere and little post-it notes. I mean, you can't see my office. It's, it's behind you. They're <laughs> just looking like, at the nice white walls. Wall, yeah. Post-its and I've got whiteboards and I'm just going nuts trying to, you know, remember everything. Wow. I love the, I love that it's actually a feeling of the keyboard tilting as it tips you into this alternate reality. It really is. What, like, what do you love the best about it? I love exactly that. I love, and um, but for me being in flow, the fact that you're in flow, you don't know it until you're out of it. It's like meditation. You don't know you're, you're in the flow of meditation until you're out of it. So I love the feeling where, um, I'm out of it. I've just come out of it and I look up at the clock on my computer and I think it's probably been five minutes and it's been 40 minutes. And that feeling of the contraction of time, because I'm hyper aware of time passing always. I have this alarm clock brain that if I set an alarm in the kitchen for 31 minutes at 30 minutes and 40 seconds, I'll stand up and start walking towards the kitchen without knowing why. It's preternatural. It's very strange. uh, My wife just thinks I'm out of my mind. But um, so that when I can lose time, when time loses that ticking in in the back of my head that's always there, it's a beautiful feeling. I bet. It's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Now I want that keyboard tilt. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to know what time it is. If I open my eyes in the middle of the night, I always know within three minutes what time wow. it is. And I always wake up before the alarm. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, I have a clock brain. Yeah. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Sometimes if I feel like a chapter is not coming together, I will take the first sentence of every single paragraph in that chapter Ooh. and write one paragraph with them and see if it's cohesive. And if it makes no sense at all, I know somewhere I've lost my train of thought. Is that weird? That is bizarre and so cool. I try it sometime with a chapter. It's like, it, it's kind of fun. And then you say, well, does this actually make sense or doesn't it? And where did I lose my way? What sentence? And then I go back to that paragraph. Because sometimes you write a scene and you look back and you're like, I don't even, why did I go in a figure eight? 
right there. Exactly. Or I'll take the last sentence from every chapter in an entire novel, you know, like 400 pages, and I'll put that all together as a chapter. And I'll read that and I'll say, what sentence made me want to keep turning the pages and what didn't? Like, where did I lose my flow? I absolutely love that. And I am <laughs> going to try that immediately. Cool. I would, I'd be really interested if you send me like a paragraph to yes. see like what, what you've come up with and where, where you see it leading you. What do you do with dialogue? Is the dialogue all in there since it's oftentimes like just one line? Yeah. If it's, a, if the first sentence or the last sentence is dialogue, then that's, that's what I'm stuck with. Okay. And it should still make sense. But so a lot, most first pass, none of it does. Cause I just write. Right, 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 right. I have never heard anything like this and I love it. I'm going to try it. I'll let, I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> All right. What thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way? I think just being happy in my life affects it the most. I find that it's not, um, it's not surprising that moving into fiction and my writing career um, where it is now, which is my happiest place in my writing career happened when I was married and settled down and felt safe and loved and comfortable. And that gave me the space to kind of dig into my own insecurities and fears and obstacles in my life because I use them in everything I write. And I use them because I've just found that the more you share with people, the more you connect with people. And when you're sharing on a really um, personal level, as much as you're comfortable with, then your readers get that and understand that and you're writing something that can affect them in a deeper way. So I would say that the happier I am, the more vulnerable I'm willing to be in my writing. I think that that is so true. And I feel the same way. And I wonder what you would tell someone who was struggling in their personal life and trying to get writing done? I would say to share their struggles because ah. people really care about you or are willing to help you when you are really truthful about who you are and where you are in your life. And when you're honest about those things, I think you become a happier person just because you're unburdening yourself. Have you ever done the morning pages? No. Oh, it's, um, Julia Cameron wrote a book in the nineties called the, uh, the artist's way. And her, one of the things she has everybody do is for 12 weeks, you write three pages longhand in the morning. First thing, as soon as your eyes open kind of thing. And, um, and I've used them on and off as a tool throughout my life and sometimes on, sometimes off right now I'm off, but I realize that when, and you just write stream of, stream of conscious, there's no editing. It's not actual <laughs> writing. It's just how you're feeling, where you are and telling you end up telling the truth to yourself and you end up seeing a lot of things that you wouldn't have seen if you hadn't been sharing it on the page. So I wonder if that, that could also be done on the page if somebody doesn't have a person to talk to or, or a place to share that. I always, I always notice that in when I do morning pages, I end up changing because I get so sick of listening to myself whine about whatever problem it is I'm trying to work through, you know? Right. Right. No, I love that. I'm going to try that. It's, it's beautiful. If you haven't done the artist way, if you haven't ever tried the 12 week program, it's so cool. It's kind yeah, of, it's kind of mind that. blowing. Yeah. Okay. And then there's, and then there's other things like a weekly artist date that you take with yourself. And, um, yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. Oh, cool. It's a little intense, exactly. but lovely. 
Yeah, I'll definitely try it. Cool. Um, what's the best book you've read recently? And why did you love it? And maybe you want to tell us about what we were talking about beforehand. Well, I would say right now I'm reading The Institute. Um, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I think his ability to create characters that you really care about is, it blows my mind. You know, a lot of people just think, oh, he's a thriller writer. No, he, he is a master at crafting characters that we care about, relate to, empathize with. And this novel is the best one he's done in so long. And not saying a lot because The Stand and Salem's Lot and the Gunslinger series and Shawshank Redemption are, you know, some of my top books ever. So that's saying a, a ton for me. And then there are books I go back to, like The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell. I love that book so much. Oh, it's one of my very favorites. God. Yep. It's because everything you believe in the first book isn't what's true in the second book, right? It's and incredible. It's creative. I mean, a Jesuit mission to a foreign planet on an asteroid. <laughs> and it's so well-written. And it's about the characters. It's about the characters, yeah. 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 It's, and, and then I, you know, of course, I read young adult novels as well. Like, I go back to Jennifer Niven, All the Bright Places, a lot of times because those two characters, Violet and Theo, really made me realize how much you could care mm. about about these young adult characters. It kind of inspired me. She and, and Robin Rowe, who wrote A List of Cages, are two of my big inspirations for writing young adult novels. Oh, um, I so, love this. Yeah, You're giving so I'll me... go back, you know, and reread certain books, too. You're giving me so many books to read. Um, and I will read The Institute. It was a, um, a friend of mine, Mariah, who told me, like, I just never thought I liked Stephen King. I just right, blanket didn't like him. And she told me to read Dumas Key. And, um, oh, yeah. oh my God. And I, and I read three or four since then. And I basically ran around with that book telling people, like, did you know he's a genius? He's yeah. a genius. And he writes such simple prose. And it's so deep and direct. And, uh, everybody's like, yeah, Rachel, we knew. We, we yeah. all knew. <laughs> right. Try the stand or Salem's lot. Okay. Salem's lot is so, so beautifully done. Really? Uh, would you start there or should I, I mean, I've, I've read some, but would you do that first or the Institute? I would start with Salem's lot. Okay. Then the stand, and then the Institute, and then the gunslinger. Because that's five or eight. I can't remember how many enormous books. It'll take forever. It's kind of like when you start Diana Gabaldon's Outland this year. <laughs> yeah. you read that? You're committed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a year. So. <laughs> and you want to keep going because you don't want to forget. Exactly. I read them when they came out, like, you know, every, every year or so. So, or no, she was slow. I think they were every three or four years. Um, right. So I, I never I knew what was read, going on. Have you read all of them? Because I haven't read the last three because I need to go back. Have I haven't read, read the last two or three. Yeah. yeah. I just kind of, I kind of gave up. Um, a funny aside about that. I, I was talking to my wife and she asked me what romance should I read? And I said, you should read Outlander. And so yes. she chose to listen to it, um, on audio <laughs> and she had this long commute at the time. It was an hour and a half each direction 
she's she stopped and about halfway in the book she liked the book a lot but but three or four days into one single sex scene she was like i yeah. cannot do it anymore apparently when you listen to the sex scenes in those books because they're so long too they're so long but i have to say of any writer she writes the best sex scenes she, i've ever ab- read in my life absolutely absolutely who would think you could be that creative for probably ten thousand pages of total books i know i know She's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now, speaking of books, tell us about your book that just came out because the premise is divine. And I am, I'm a junkie for all things reality show. I just, I hate to admit that, but I am. Don't be embarrassed. Okay. I'm, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not. I'm with you. I'm, I'm a, I am a naked and afraid watcher. I'm a real housewives and Vanderpump rules watcher. I think you've got it over me. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> you know my what? I, I can't stand it, but I think that. I think those housewives show on a um, extreme level what clicky girls groups do to each other, and as a reminder to not be the type of friend that those women are to each I other. I seriously watch them for that, and I watch them for story ideas, and I watch them for character development. Um, Me too. All of it. Also, I watch it because I'm a looky loo and I want to watch, but it does right. something good for my brain. So, tell us about your book. Okay, so The Speed of Falling Object is about Danger Danielle Warren. Everyone calls her Danny. She's 17 years old. She defines herself as defective and inferior based on a childhood accident, um, her mom's bitterness, her parents' divorce, uh, her father's abandonment. And then out of the blue, her dad, his name is Cougar, and he's a famous TV survivalist, calls and asks her to join him for her 16th birthday on an episode of his show that's going to be filmed in the Amazon and is going to feature Gus Price, who's the teen movie idol of the moment. And Danny jumps the chance because she wants to prove that she's worthy of his love. Unfortunately, their plane crashes, leaving some people injured, other people dead. And Danny has to face everything that terrifies her, including learning the truth about the father she idolizes and the movie star she's fallen for. And she has to discover her unique strengths in order to find a way home. Dude, seriously, <laughs> that's just, that's like a one click for me. One clicking Aww, that, hey. that is going to be a Saturday afternoon read on the couch um, next week as it comes out, because that sounds so great. And it sounds so compelling and everything that I want to read. So where can we find you online? You can find me at nancyrichardsonfisher.com, which is my website. You can find me at Nan Fisher Author on Instagram or N Fisher Author on Twitter, and it's Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R. Um, and you can email me at um, nancyrichardsonfisherauthor at gmail.com. Perfect. Perfect. It has been such a treat and a delight to talk to you. I Thank cannot you. get over that craft tip that you gave us about the first uh-huh. lines and the last lines. Um, if anybody does that and wants to share that in the show notes, um, in the comments on the show notes at how do you write dot net, I would, we would love to see that. And oh, I would love to see that too. And if I get any, if we get any, I will direct you to them, Nancy. So, uh, listeners, we will be looking at those because that sounds fascinating. So wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you so much for so chatting. Much. You're so welcome and have a wonderful night. Talk soon. You too. And I'm going to write you as soon as I finish your book, which will probably be next week. Okay. We'll, we'll do that. We'll exchange, um, um, rave reviews. Cause I know that's what they're going to be. Awesome. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Take care. All right. Take care of you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of how do you write? 
You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.